Y'all niggas don't have to fuck with me Cause I can do bad just being one knee Yeah, no, that's probably a lot better if y'all could actually see my face But um, I guess we'll just go ahead and start off with the, um, I guess, elephant in the room Well, I mean, I guess mouse in the room um, It's been a minute and it's uh, been a minute for a lot of reasons. I feel like that's just kind of been the trend with the show. It's always kind of been a minute. But whenever we go, we just kind of go. And it's kind of crazy. So, like, there's droughts, but then y'all get, like, a whole bunch of content. So, I mean, you know, just, I guess, live with it. Whatever. Um, but, like I said, get the housekeeping out the way. Um, uh, my co-host, Bombay Poppy, is, uh, he's, honestly, I don't really know what the fuck's going on with him, to be honest with you. I mean... He said he got something going on. I think he got his wisdom teeth pulled or some shit. He says he's going to be on medication for a while. So for whatever reason, I guess that's, you know, stopping him from uh, talking. Um, you know, whatever. Show must go on. Um, hopefully, um, we'll, you know, get him back at some point. Um, he's really taking this uh, mall to my Joe Budden pretty seriously. So I guess, mall, I need you to come back to the JBP so I can get my co-host back. Um, but whatever. Like I said, um, I'm one deep for this one. So... May not be too much, may be a lot. Um, you know, I love to talk. I just don't love to compete for your attention because I'm a narcissist. I mean, I feel like I should have it already. Um, but anyway, since you're here, glad you're listening. Got a couple of topics I definitely want to touch upon. Ooh, blah, 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 blah. I can't even talk. That I want to touch upon since it's been a long time. Uh, and they're in like no real specific order of anything like that. You know what? Because of that, I think we're going to start off with the crypto. That's kind of what everybody's been hitting on these past couple of days. So let's just go ahead and hit on the crypto. Um, so, yeah, Doge has been moving. Um, obviously, I've been pushing Bitcoin for a while. I've been pushing Bitcoin ever since I was pushed into Bitcoin. Um, if you want more information on Bitcoin, I just got a little bit of the basics, but it was enough for me to believe. So whatever. Um, but Obviously, if you haven't heard, it's real scarce. There's only 21 million that ever be made. I forget the nigga's name. Uh, fucking Nintendo, Satoshi, whatever the fuck. Um, he made this shit back in like 09. Um, and it's, he made it, it's gonna, it's a global currency. You can be, it can be used any and everywhere. Obviously, not everybody's accepting of it yet because it has varying um, terms of value. Um, I know the Mavs are now accepting it because uh, Mark Cuban is uh, smart. I mean, look, just listen to what the rich people are doing. If rich people are buying into Bitcoin, I think they're a little smarter with their money. So I don't think they'd just be throwing it at bullshit, even though Elon is kind of doing that with Doge. So I guess my fault. Bitcoin, only 21 million is ever going to be out. Um, I mean, honestly... Outside of the, uh, I mean, if you just understand how money works, like what if what if I told you um, there, like we all know our dollar bills and everything. What if I told you there's only a million dollar bills in circulation everywhere? Yeah, the McDonald's dollar menu just turned into a fucking millionaire menu. Like, you, I don't know if that made any sense. Hopefully it does, whatever. Um, but with the Doge, uh, Doge, unlike, this is why I'm not as... High on Doge as Bitcoin, even though it might appear that way on uh, IG and everything. Doge is about as scarce as the U.S. dollar. Um, there's, it's just printed or not even printed. It's just created every day digitally. Uh, so it's kind of amazing that it's getting to the numbers that it's even at. Um, so I guess uh, a lot of people have been asking, how did I get into Doge? And uh, honestly, it's kind of a, <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, it's not even that much of a story, but I mean, shit, I'll share. Um, it was Christmas Eve. No, it might have been the 23rd um, uh, last year. Um, I'm sitting here. I'm looking around. I'm looking at cryptos um, because I just got into Bitcoin and Bitcoin was, you know, moving a lot during that time period. I got into Bitcoin uh, November of last year um, back when it was 19K. Yeah, 19K. Um, and I saw how that was moving. So I was just like, well, damn, like. This shit at 19K, it had to start at $1, you know what I'm saying? So let me see what I can, you know, possibly hit on. I saw Dogecoin. I saw Dogecoin was 0.004 of a cent at that time, or of a dollar. I, I don't know, whatever. But it was 0.004. What's that? Tens, hundreds, thousands. I don't know. You, you know what the fuck it is. Um, but I bought into, I put a couple of dollars in. You know, put a couple of dollars in because I'm so here just like, I mean, shit. I mean, if that thing goes up to a cent, a I'd have made some money. Um, I did not expect for it to move in the way that it did. Um, January, I think it was late January, I think like January 27th, 28th, um, it had got up to seven cents, seven or eight cents. And let me tell you, your boy was feeling pretty good then. Um, but so, you know, I decided to go ahead and put a couple more dollars in. Um, this past week, though, when that thing went up to, I woke up one day and I was just like checking it out and I'm just like, whoa, my account had jumped up a little bit. But my stocks is kind of looking the same. What's going on? I scroll down and I see those. I'm like, oh my Jesus. What's what's happening? What's going on? Um, what was it up to? Like, a like oh no, <laughs> it got up to 14 cents. And I was like, God damn. Later on that day, that shit got up to 45. It was a great day. Um, but just how I kind of stumbled into Doge, um, I saw that it was so low, and I was just kind of just wishing and hoping and praying that it would jump and it did. So honestly, it was no education, no thought, no none of that shit. Not recommending anybody do that shit. It's a gamble. I'm winning right now. That's cool. Um, everybody else is buying into Doge. So, I mean, that's great. Love it. If that thing gets up to a dollar, everybody eat. Now, how that can get up to a dollar. Let's talk about it for a second. Um, so what I've been saying with a lot of people, if like you've been investing and like, you see me say on my story and everything, um if you're investing in doge cool keep your principal in there move that shit over to bitcoin because i i personally believe in bitcoin more i believe bitcoin is going to actually be adopted it's already being adopted by the dallas mavericks a professional sports team so you know it's kind of just doors open uh, also nfl players and nba players like uh russell Okung. i'm assuming anybody that's listened to this has been aware that russell Okung decided to get like half of his contract in bitcoin and now that shit's more than the other half of his contract that he got in U.S. dollars. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are now allowing everybody in their organization to get paid in Bitcoin if they want to. So, I mean, billionaires don't make that type of decision unless there's some substance to it. But whatever. Don't listen to me. I really don't give a fuck. I, I wish you did, because, I mean, if you buy Bitcoin, my Bitcoin goes up. I mean, yeah, that's selfish as well. But you also going to be a part of that 21 million that will only ever exist. Secure your future. Secure your future. Um... But what I mean by keeping a principle, so let's just, and I mean, I feel like, I feel like everybody knows this shit, because again, I am in no way a financial advisor, but I mean, I kind of understand a little bit. Uh, so let's say you put a thousand in the doge and that thing goes up to 1500. Take out that five, what I'm saying, take out that 500, put that 500 in Bitcoin, some real shit. Excuse me. Um, now, the reason why people, I, I know people that have like, put in like 10, 11, like higher amounts 
and taking it all out because like they've made like a nice little jump. Like if you go from a thousand to fifteen hundred, like that's a good day. What I'm saying is keep that thousand in there. Reason why you want to keep that thousand in there is that keeps the floor. So the floor of Doge and any crypto, and this is also the same for stocks as well. The floor continues to rise as people keep their money in. Kind of like how banks work, like everybody puts their money in. That's how banks are able to say they have so much money and lend out so much money. So there needs to be as some form of consistency. That's why if you ever hear like, um, like for example, Bitcoin has been stable at over 50K for like a month and shit like that. That's because people are putting their money in and keeping it there. If you take all the money out, that's what causes the fluctuations in price in not only crypto, but stocks as well. Um, so if you want Doge, if you're somebody that wants Doge to get up to a dollar, five dollars, three dollars, all that shit, cool. Keep investing into it, but you can't take it all out. If you take it all out, it's going to continue to go down. And you got into you got into Doge because you saw it was jumping. So if people see this going down, people are going to do the same thing and get out. So that's how that whole thing works. Again, I felt like that's pretty obvious, pretty basic, but maybe it wasn't. So maybe I'll just put you on to a little bit. Um, but keep your principal in, move that shit over to Bitcoin if you're trying to get into crypto. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think I think that's pretty good on my little crypto story experience, whatever the fuck. Um, buy Bitcoin. Um, now another thing I definitely wanted to tell. Well, let me let me get the frivolous things out the way. I guess. Um, Steph Curry, Wardell Stephen Curry Jr. is uh he's the best player in the NBA. He's been the best player. In, okay, I won't say well. It's between him and James Harden. Anyway, he's the best player in the NBA uh, for the past five years. Um, you don't have to agree with that. I really don't give a fuck about your opinion. Obviously, you know me. Um, but he's by far the best scorer in the NBA. We're told it's Kevin Durant. That's a lie. Um, James Harden's the best offensive player because of like, his passing. Well, I won't even say his passing ability because he's not the best passer in the NBA, but his passing leads to more assists. And years later, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you got to the answer as long as you got the answer. Um but Steph Curry, in my opinion, best scorer in the game. Uh, he's clearly the MVP front runner. Um, every all you LeBron fans was always talking about like what teams look like whenever LeBron leaves. Well, Steph Curry was hurt for a majority of the year. Granted, so was Clay. I have my opinions on Clay, and we don't need to talk about that at this time. Okay, fuck it. He's a light skinned J.R. Smith. But Steph Curry was out a majority of last season, and the Warriors had the number two pick in the draft. Two plus two equals Steph Curry's MVP. Um, the past couple of games, he's had he's had over 30 in every game. And I mean, the way niggas are scoring these days, like that's honestly not shit. But at the same time, it is kind of shit. Um, he had what 53 the other day. He's had 62 this year. I think he had a, I think he had 57. Like this man is kind of on shooting ridiculously. His past two games, um, he scored 60 on my fault, 75 points in 64 minutes on 60, 50, 100 shooting splits. Um, so yeah. Media is going to tell you Kevin Durant's the best scorer. And I, look, I'll be completely honest. All right. I'm going to be completely honest. I do believe Kevin Durant's skill and ability is the best scorer in the NBA. But score, score. Like Steph Curry, this little 6'3", light-skinned nigga, is out here actually scoring points. Kevin Durant, we just giving him that credit because we, you know, understand what he can do. At the end of the day, you got to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, fuck it with me. Uh, with the, with this money her a second ago, like the things I've said earlier about crypto and the things, the little bit of knowledge I've been sharing with people that have been hitting me up about money is shit that I've kind of, for the most part, been knowing for a long time. And again, I'm in no way a financial advisor, but I just, 
Yeah, my CT just kicked in. I forgot where the fuck I was going. Steph Curry's MVP. <laughs> uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. No, don't even worry about it. Steph Curry's MVP. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let me, what else? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll keep it in the NBA with my frivolous uh, things for now. Um, Dwayne Wade apparently has uh, bought a share, well, not a share, but a stake or whatever of the Utah Jazz. I think that's very interesting. Obviously, I would assume that no parts of the Miami Heat were for sale, but I just personally don't like that. Like, if you played a majority of your career, like, if you the county is named after you, like, you're that nigga in that place, give that nigga a share of the team. I'm not saying give, but allow him to be able to buy that. Like, I believe Dirk has ownership, a uh, small share ownership of um the Mavs and I mean Mark that's Mark Cuban doing him a solid like Dirk damn near made that franchise like damn near he made that franchise what it is today uh Luca's obviously taking it to the next level but like I assume and hope in the future if Steph wants to own a team he should be able to have some type of say or share within uh Golden State granted he might prefer to well I don't think Charlotte would be available because Jordan's still doing his thing but it makes sense that Jordan, he, you know, grew up in Charlotte and I mean, he never played for them. But I'm sure if the Bulls majority share was available, he would have preferred to buy them. Actually, probably not. He probably preferred to have his hometown team. But anyway, reason why I'm saying this before I get back to Dwayne Wade, um, the reason why I'm saying this is I'm actually kind of upset because I, I believe in the future. Um, LeBron James and you know how I feel about him. Um, he's going to own a share stake, whatever the proper word is of the Lakers. And uh, I mean, yeah, sure, he has the money, he deserves it. I mean, he's an all-time great. I wish y'all could see my face, but he's an all-time great. And um, I mean, it looks good for the Lakers saying he's a part owner or whatever, shareholder or whatever. I mean, it's obviously would increase value. Um, I wish it was Kobe that was gonna have some of that, that say, that share, that stake. And uh, it's not to say that he won't ever, I mean, obviously he won't, but his family and estate will or could. Um, but I don't think that's something Vanessa really cares too much for is pushing for. I'm not saying that's something Kobe was pushing for and wanted, but I mean, again, if any part of the Lakers was for sale, I would certainly think if Kobe was here, he would definitely want to have some of that. Um, so I just kind of find it upsetting that I know 40, 50 years from now, it's very likely that LeBron's going to be a somewhat owner of the Lakers and Kobe is possibly going to be completely forgotten. Um, but I say all that to get back to Dwayne Wade. Um, buying Utah, obviously you can only buy what's for sale. So, I mean, I get that, but, uh, just, uh, the nicest way I can put it. And I'm trying real hard to, you know, censor myself since I have nobody here to hold me accountable. Um, but the Utah Salt Lake city area is pretty, uh, religious um, there's a lot of Mormons out there, but I mean, just overall, they're pretty religious. Like they have different, I know, um, I, they, I know like they're, they're different as far as drinking and just things like that. Like BY, you know, Utah's different. And I just kind of find it interesting that now, I mean, I'm sure he's a small minority owner, but Dwayne Wade and, um, if you're familiar with Dwayne Wade and, uh, his family, um, outside of, I mean, I'm pretty sure, um, I don't want to put this on Utah like that, but um, y'all don't really seem to be the most welcoming of um, black people. Uh, <laughs> so I find that even more interesting that not only are you going to have a some, well, not somewhat, but a minority black owner who's uh, is uh, very, very liberal with his parenting styles. Um, if they do ever, well, whenever they do have fans in the stadium, um, 
very interested to see um, how that plays out. If yeah, it's, you know, I'm no, I'm not gonna say anymore. If you obviously know what I'm uh, getting at, what I'm alluding to, and all that, so um, really would like to see how that plays out. Dwayne Wade is a uh, <laughs> Dwayne Wade and his family are a part owner of the Jazz. Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's been a long time since uh, we last potted. So uh, Paul Pierce, that whole situation happened uh, since we last potted. Um, honestly, I can understand why ESPN probably thought it was in their best interest to part ways. Um, at, I mean, I can understand like you know the billionaire white man that made that decision. Um, but I just find it. I, I just I don't know if that would have went down the same way if Paul Pierce had been surrounded by uh, male dancers, um, gay dancers, or even trans dancers. Um, I feel like uh, he would be so much celebrated for that, seeing how Lil Nas X was celebrated that same week for his whole thing. Um, I, it's a shame what uh, how the world treats heterosexual cisgender black males. I mean, heterose heterosexual cisgender males in period, but just go ahead and add the black on top of it. And it's a whole nother game. Um, I, Paul Pierce obviously didn't need the job. I mean, he was a multimillionaire before anything. Like, like I love seeing these former athletes work at ESPN or FS1 or things like that. And obviously they're doing it because they love it. Um, and I mean, I, shit, I'm, I'm doing it for free type shit-ish. Uh, but like, obviously, why why not why not now granted their contracts are minuscule compared to what they were getting for playing the game but i think they also understand like one they have their money over there put to the side and i think they also understand like i mean uh, getting 500k to talk is a little bit easier than the 30 million i was getting to put my body through hell um so whatever um <laughs> but the reason why i say that jalen rose like he's multi-millionaire owns a school and I'm sure he's getting, well, I'm not sure. I know he's making more money than his co-host on his show. So like, <laughs> I find that interesting. These millionaires who walk in the halls and these people that didn't play the sport had to work and like major in the field, intern, uh, be journalist and all those things just to share the same seat as a guy who was just, uh, he wasn't even ever an NBA all-star. I love you, Jalen, fat five. I love you, but like, actually he might've been all-star. No, I don't think he was ever an all-star. But like he, whenever he's on ESPN campus, he's the wealthiest, well, he's in the top 10 wealthiest people outside of, I'm sure the uh, owner and type shit like that. Um, but I just, I, I love how like they think these athletes really give a fuck. Like it's very admirable that Jalen Rose does all he does on ESPN because like you really would think he does not need to. You would really think that. Like Stephen A is making the money now that Jalen was making in the nineties. Like. Come on now. Um, and that's with inflation. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, Paul Pierce wasn't really bringing much to the fucking ESPN. I mean, I also obviously didn't really fuck with him because he was a part of that 08 Celtics team. Um, we did get our advantage in 2010, but in 08. Um, let's see. Start to get a little bit more real. All right, yeah, I guess we'll start to get a little bit more real. Um, general statements. I don't want to stay on this too long, um, but general statements really, really hurt people's feelings, and uh, they can be the end of uh, friendships, uh, <laughs> relationships, pretty much anything that ends with a ship. 
Um, but here's my thinking with general statements. Um, one, if oh, I'm just going to speak for myself. If I make a general statement and in your world, in your mind, that's not true or that's, you know, whatever. Nobody's stopping you from feeling that way. Why the fuck do you think I give a fuck that you feel a way about it? You know what I'm saying? But also general statements serve a purpose. General statements uh, like uh, Muhammad Ali, for example. I'm sure you've uh, all seen that clip uh, a while back when uh, Muhammad Ali's doing the interview with that one dude. He's just like, well, not all white people are bad. He's like, yeah, no, I get that. But if there's like 10,000, he, he used a snake analogy. If there's uh, a thousand snakes trying to get me, but one of them's good, like I should just let that one snake in or I should just close them all off. I'm not saying that with white people. Like if you know me, you know um, what specific demographic I speak pretty generally about. Um, but if that's the case, shut that shit off. If, and this goes back to caveman days. If you rolling with your crew and a nigga eats some berries off a tree and that nigga dies a couple of hours later, I'd eat no berries off no tree ever again, or at least no berries that ha look that same way. That's a general statement. Probably that not all of them would probably kill me, but I'm just going to steer clear. Hmm. General statement, save lives. Who would have thought? And uh, if you can't decipher a general statement or if somebody making a general statement affects the way you think, well, I think that just says something about your brain. Um, but moving on, yeah, you can see I'm starting to get a little bit more real feeling or whatever. Uh, let me talk about the, ooh. Hall of Famers, uh, NFL Hall of Famers coaching uh, HBCUs. Um, I personally love it. Um, it's obviously bringing a lot of exposure to HBCUs. Um, and with more exposure comes more money, more money comes more opportunity, growth and things like that. So I love that. But as far as just the, excuse me, athletic standpoint in general, it's, it, it can definitely like, it's, I would think it's going to build programs like, like that, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. Deion Sanders at Jackson State. I haven't looked at the recruiting class. I do know that they had like the number one recruiting class, obviously in HBCUs. Uh, they had a couple of like high-level recruits, and I know his son went there, and he was like a four or five-star or something like that, um, but just in general, if we have like Eddie George with Tennessee State, um, Dion with Jackson State, and like Ray Lewis says he's interested, and I'm sure other guys are obviously interested in getting into coaching for their own reasons. Obviously, it's not for the money, um, but if you're a high schooler, let's say you're a, let's just, I'll just use Dion for this example. If you're a five-star corner, and you have offers from your pick of the litter, like all of them, Alabama, USC, Texas, LSU, Miami, all that. You have offers to all of them. Do you want to go to that big school? I mean, then, again, there's obviously benefits to it. Uh, uh, also, my fault. I'm assuming you're black in this case as well. I'm not saying that white people can't go to HBCUs, but I'm talking to black people right now. If you're a five-star corner... Do you really want to go to Alabama and like, yeah, you you know more than likely have your opportunity to get to the league and everything? Or does it make a little bit more sense to go to Jackson State and play under the greatest corner of all time? Um, if you're a running back, four or five star running back, Alabama's been putting out running backs like, well, actually not really, but like just these schools put out running backs, Ohio State. Um, that's cool. Like you're gonna have the exposure, you're gonna play in the big games, big campus, big time and everything. Or should I go to Tennessee State and play under Eddie George? These guys are NFL Hall of Famers. 
And on top of that, again, I'm talking to like I'm talking about black athletes at this time. Not to say again that white and any other ethnicity can't go to these HBCUs, but doesn't I would think that it would be a much better experience if I'm a black a black male, um, a high ranked black male that has potential to go into the NFL one day, being surrounded by because we always say like um, all the other races are preying on them. Um, just trying to use them for their money and everything like that. And let's just say that's the case. I would much rather that be happening in the black community, one, but I don't think that would be the case. I think for the most part, and this is probably me just, you know, wishful thinking, but I would like to think that in within our community, we care more about each other and want to see each other succeed more so than on the PWIs. Um, and at the predominantly white uh, institutions, uh, you see there's obviously your pockets of black people, black organizations, obviously the fraternities and everything. But what if that was just magnified a thousand percent? I think that would do wonders for the black community, the black race, all that. I, I think I, I love the idea of HBCUs hiring these Hall of Fame coaches that have no experience. I love that. I love this idea because of the value that it can bring to the college and the value that it can bring to HBCUs in general. Um, so hopefully more coaches want to do that. And hopefully uh, these big time recruits look at that as like as a viable option. Um, and trust me, the eyes are going to go wherever the talent is. If you're the number one recruit in the nation and you go to Savannah State University, you will be on ESPN. They will find a way like just trust your talent, trust yourself. It worked in the past. I mean, granted, it was a little bit different circumstances, but like Jerry Rice with HBCU, Shannon Sharp with HBCU. Um, that's all I got off the top of my head. I'm only 27. But niggas went to HBCUs and went to the NFL. Um, so this is a great thing. And it's also, um, I don't know if, I'm not sure if Hall of Fame or like basketball coaches, I'm not aware of that, but I do remember um, that um, I think Thom Aker's cousin uh, committed to Howard. Um, did not check in to see how that went for them this season. I'm assuming it didn't go, or maybe they just canceled the season because of COVID. I'm not sure. Um, but I like that he was taking the first step, and hopefully guys follow in his footsteps because of the value that it can bring to HBCUs. Um, uh, this probably won't be long, but let's go ahead and talk about guns. Um, so they're having uh, the, and I could be completely wrong on this, like, if I'm wrong, it is what it is. Like, whatever. Like, use your own brain. Don't come for me to everything. I'm me. Like, come on now. Um, but Texas gun laws. Um, I think they're talking about having like uh open carry. I think that's what they're what they're saying, what what they're getting at. Um at first I was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm sure there's probably more to it that I'm leaving out. I think something about permits as well, but whatever. Um and maybe we already have open carry. If we already have open carry, then just fast forward through this part. Um, but if that's what they're talking about, going from concealed to open carry, I'm actually for that. I'm for that a lot because the same people that are, well, yeah, the same people and this, again, I'm forgetting about the whole permit thing, but the same people that are already having guns concealed would just have it visible. You know what I mean? I think that I, I would much rather prefer that. If you got that thing on you, I would like to know. So I'm all for open carry. I feel like I feel like that's already the case. Again, I'm not too familiar on this whole gun shit. Uh, I was just hoping, you know, Bombay, Bombay, hoping Wesley would have been here and we would just kind of, you know, just bounce that one around a little bit. But whatever. 
Um, Rick Perry, want, <coughs> excuse me. Rick Perry wants to treat vets with PTSD with shrooms. I've never done shrooms, um, but I feel like that is a terrible idea because um, I know they um, are hallucinogens. And um, if you're having PTSD, I'm sure there's a good side of it, but also from what I've been told about hallucinogens, um, they kind of work however you work. So if you're a positive person, then it's going to bring it positive. If you're a negative person, it's going to you know have you dwell on that negativity. And again, I'm not a psycholog psychologist, a doctor, or anything like that. But I think if you have PTSD, you're probably more in tune with that negative side. So doing that, and then in addition with the way the state of Texas already is with guns. Yeah, Rick, um, no. Um, I feel like um, maybe you're just an under, I, we're not gonna talk about that. Um, but yeah, that, that ain't the move. If, um, if anybody cares about where I stand on that, that, that is not it. Let's not treat, how, how about, how about we treat them with weed? Hmm? Just a thought, just a thought. Well, I'm about to get on down to the end. My last thing, uh, <laughs> earlier this week, well, as obviously I've, uh, not this week, but just this past couple of months, I've stumbled across the the king, Kevin Samuels. Um, he has definitely taken over 2021. Um, in my opinion, he's made up for all of 2020, um, obviously uh, without the exception of, you know, January 26th. Um, but he's, uh, he's, he's done a lot to make amends for 2020 in my mind. Um, and earlier this week, I stumbled across his video of uh, like, men pretty much men dating outside of their black men because again he speaks to black men um well he speaks to black men and about black men to black women excuse me just want to make sure i clear that up now he's talking about why um black men are so uh once they become high value and high class whatever the fuck however you want to word it i say high value um once they become that they prefer to date outside their race and um he was making some points and honestly he was just talking about high value men obviously a disclaimer um i i do not believe i'm a high value man at this time but because i'm a man i have the potential to become high value women y'all are in y'all's peak right now i'm sorry that's just the way it is y'all have y'all's degrees y'all have y'all's high high paying jobs and all that that's great we love that but we also don't give a fuck because majority of you still expect a man to take care of your entire lifestyle um so that's kind of that thing but with the interracial dating um if you know in the past i've been uh vehem vehemently vehemently vehement i know the word that i want to say i just can't say it. i can probably even spell it but anyway so um the people that have been so quick to date outside their race, um, probably uh, bring it back, start it over, start it over, start it over. So I believe, and Kevin has done a lot to, uh, you know, sway my thinking because like I said, in the past, I've been very against it. Um, like, uh, Kobe, for example, Patrick Mahomes, um, those are just the two that I know I've spoken about on this podcast. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, but I'm starting to see there is a method to the madness. 
Um, men, we want we want peace. We want peace. And that is something that is, um, it doesn't come very often with black women. And again, I'm speaking generally. So if you don't like that, well, cool. Keep it moving. Um, but there's just not a lot of peace in uh, relations. I haven't had a lot of peace in relationships with black women. I haven't seen peace in relationships with black women. And with every other relations that I had with non-black women, very peaceful, honestly, everything that you would want in a relationship. Um, but I ended those past relationships because they weren't black women. Um, and even, even now, I know I'm all over the place and if you're following along, that's great. Um, but even though like, I said all that shit the other day about wanting, uh, you know, to date outside the race. And most black men want to date outside the race because of black women are not. Well, fuck it. I'm just gonna give y'all the Kevin Samuels rundown. In general, black women are the most obese, so the fit quality that's gone. Feminine black women are raised masculine, and they are masculine. Um, there aren't. I'm not saying there aren't any. Again, speaking generally, get out your fucking feelings. Um, but uh, femininity, not really that strong with black women. Um, friendly, not really there because of the masculinity. Um, submissive, get that shit out of there. Um, and cooperative, no, not even a little bit because of the other qualities. Um, Black, I mean, in the black community, um, we've had, for the most part, again, speaking generally, um, most black families are led by the matriarch. Um, obviously, if there's a man in the household, he's, you know, hopefully does his duty as well as pr protecting and providing and everything. But as far as all the decisions and everything that's being made, that's most of the time the black woman. So that's how... If there's a son in the household, that's how he's raised. If there's a daughter in the household, she's raised to believe like she is the leader of everything, which isn't an issue until they get older and they expect to find a man to lead them when they've been the alpha and the leader their whole life. Kind of see how that doesn't really mix, not even a little bit. But with all the other races, and again, speaking generally, but with all the other races, they are quicker to be fit, feminine, friendly, submissive, and cooperative. Black women, again, not so much. Now, we prefer the, for the most part, we, we do like uh, thicker women. Um, now, obviously, um, there's levels to thick that has gotten completely out of hand, um, but niggas will fuck anything, and women think that, you know, they're thick and not obese. Um, feminine, for the most part, uh, and I, <laughs> I can speak on experience, but other races, white women in particular, way more feminine, feminine, feminine energy. That's what we want because we're men, masculine, yin and yang, masculinity, femininity, fem, 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 you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Those go together, but you, most of you black women are alpha masculine as fuck. And it is not a good mix for a man who is the same or a man who you want to be the same. How is that man going to become that if you're always meeting him with this? How, how do you want to be led by a black man if you don't allow him to lead? 
Like, oh, well, I'm only going to lead if you, or I'm only going to allow you to lead if you're fucking doing da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da-da. Well, you know, shit, shit gets easier with time. Like, you, you're not a master at everything first try. You know what I'm saying? Like, a nigga might lead you astray one time. If you believe in that nigga, you believe in that nigga and you ride that shit out. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, now, I just, I find it funny. And again, I know I'm pinballing right now. Uh, my name the episode that. Um, I find it funny that like black women are so quick to, or my fault, more quick to be submissive and cooperative with other races. They don't date out as often as black men because they're just not as sought after as black men. Um, but the ones that do, they tend to be all right. Yeah, no, nah, that just got the image of Chad Wheeler in my head. Fuck that nigga. But um, for the most part. Um, I, I was very much turned off to the idea of ever being with anyone outside of my race. Um, but again, for me personally, I've always wanted to be with a black woman and that deep down, that's still the case, but I, I I'm, I'm a black man in America. Like we already at war with the world when we step outside type shit. Why does that war have to continue when I come home? That's not it. I'd much rather a feminine, like, like you ain't got to, I don't, I don't want you obese, obviously, but somewhat fit. You know, like, like, we ain't got to do Kevin Samuels fucking BMI charts. Cause like, based off BMI, everybody obese. Like, that's just period. Um, like I, I lost 130 pounds. I'm still obese probably. Um, but so like that fit thing, that's adjustable. We can work with that. Feminine. I think I'm speaking for a lot of black men right now. That we that's that's we prefer that. We prefer that. Um, I like now. Granted, again, I know I'm going around. I'll come back to it. Um, black women, I will say, tough love. Obviously, pressure makes diamonds, and black women are exceptional at that. But I do not want to put that on a pedestal because that's just going to give y'all a crush to continue to be the same creatures that y'all are. Like you know, femininity submissive submissiveness and cooperation like those go a long way those go a long way you have no idea and there are times for the tough love that you won't get from other races so that's why in my opinion black women are better but they're lacking so much in the other category it's just tough love it's just tough love with black women and again everything is already tough for black women black men and I'm not saying it's not hard for black women already. We all have similar experience, but just there's different things that men go through that women go through. We're black, but then our gender does separate us, no matter what you believe. Um, submissive, God, like, oh God, I could go, I could, I could literally go on to this. I could do this for days. I just, why do we have to always be at odds? Why, like black women? Like, <laughs> like I, I, I look, it was a couple of years ago. I don't even remember what it was, um, but I was asking a black woman uh, to do something. I forget. It wasn't anything like crazy or anything like that, but I was asking her to do something. And she came back to me with, oh, uh, yeah, no, sorry. I just had a long day, just all this stuff going on. I'm like, oh, OK, well, what, what's up? What's going on? Oh, well, you know, I mean, just, you know, long day at work. And I'm just like, okay, like what happened at work? 
there was nothing specific. It was just a regular work day, but it was long. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. You know, I work today too, right? Did, 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 am I bitching about that? No, because that's what you do. You work. If you want to live in this fairy tale where you don't work, cool. Go find a nigga that's going to deal with that. Go find a nigga that can support that lifestyle. Right now, that ain't me. This doge keep moving the wheel. But right now, that ain't me. Go find a nigga that can do that. <coughs> um, Y'all probably all... I'm not even going to say that. Um, I was going to tell y'all a uh, story about a real-life Django, but that would be a better story with uh, somebody else present. Um, Maybe you and a co-host. Bombay bitch ass. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll touch on this one thing. Um, and out of respect, again, it'd be better if y'all could see me, but out of respect for the situation and the family and people that are close to this, closer to the situation, um, I won't be specific. Um, but there's there's just some things there there's there's ways to support people um who are trying to bounce back from something um that aren't there's ways to support people that don't appear another way I'm not uh, it's really hard to talk about this without actually talking about it obviously if you're listening you know exactly what I'm talking about um I guess I just say I'm just I just I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it, not feeling our support. I'm not feeling it. Um, now, granted, if that was just a one-off type deal, then I can understand that. But if you're trying to come back to reality, this regular everyday life, I'm sorry, like regular everyday life does not exist. For you anymore like that's just I, I i i can't i can't get on board with that i want the best for you and anybody in situations like this i'm not i'm speaking generally now um I, I want the best for people that are coming back from tough situations negative situations um but they're in my mind they're just some things that you you can't get the same love and support like you used to if you've done um but hey that's just me the thoughts and opinions of uh, this podcast are mine and mine alone, obviously, because I'm uh, by myself um, and um, I am not liable to stand by any of these things. If you ever ask me about them, because my mind changes every day, multiple times a day, I might not stand by some of the shit I said the second I post this. I might not stand by it after, at the end of it. I might not stand by it when I when I hit stop. Um, one thing that I will stop stand by and uh, die on this hill is um, in conclusion, women are wrong, respectfully.